This is the Revenue with Real Estate podcast, helping you understand the real risks and rewards of profitable real estate investing so that you can lead a life that you love. Are you ready to talk some real estate investing? How's it going, my friend and fellow real estate investor? Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you may be, whatever you may be doing. I hope it's great. My name is Doug Myers. I'm the host of the Revenue with Real Estate podcast. And on this episode of the show, I am talking about a specific type of investing strategy that I have executed on multiple occasions and done so with both high reward and with potentially devastating consequences that were avoided. Thankfully, Um, without cost, however, though, they were some painful lessons and they were some costly lessons as well. So this particular strategy has been both, as I say, highly rewarding and highly risky in many, many ways. And I will get into that as we go through the show. What we are talking about here today is investing in pre-construction condos. And part of the reason why I wanted to have this conversation is, well, manyfold. I've actually been in the midst of getting a number of inquiries over the past few weeks from people who are interested in purchasing pre-construction, whether it's condos in high urban density areas, um, places like Vancouver, Toronto, Victoria, um, the greater Vancouver area as well. Um, also from people who are wanting to purchase pre-construction, say, um, purpose-built rentals or um, homes, you know, single-family homes or suited homes, things of that nature. Okay, so anything that hasn't actually been built but is being marketed as something that is coming in the future. And so why this subject is of interest to me and specifically why I wanted to share it with um, younger or newer investors because I too was at this stage and, you know, still in very many aspects am. Um, But I have played this game before. I played it a few times. And I'm actually coming at this from a positive place. But I want to share with you, again, under the mantra that is the revenue with real estate company, or what we try to do in terms of educating real estate investors, is we want to help you understand the real risks and rewards of profitable real estate investing so you can lead a life you love. Again, real risks and rewards. And this is a tale of those two things. So where this starts and where the genesis of this episode actually comes from is I got a subscription to Canadian Real Estate Wealth magazine as a Christmas gift last year, which has been great and uh, I've enjoyed it. And it's also been a little bit too overwhelming because there's so much that comes out in these things and it always has this feel of like, ah, the grass is always greener. I should be doing this instead. Um, But once you dig a little bit deeper, you realize that, you know what, maybe not all of this stuff is for me. And in fact, a lot of it ends up being a bit distracting. Pardon me, a a little bit distracting just for me personally as an investor. So this actually comes from the March, uh, April edition um, from 2020. So this is right around when COVID-19 and all that kind of noise starts happening. And everybody's like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? And so this magazine has, has come out. And so on the cover of this magazine, uh, along the top, it says the multiplier effect. 
supercharge your portfolio and bank account with pre-construction condos. Hmm, sounds enticing. So I go inside and I open up the um, contents here and I see the the title of the article is called Exponential Growth, a simple three-step process for multiplying your real estate returns with pre-construction condos. Okay, so far so good. Sounds very exciting. Let's get into the article here. So I flipped to the article, and as you can hear, I've actually got the magazine in front of me. And um, I'm not going to name names, but if you're really wanting to find out, um, you know, what's behind this, uh, the company, the person, um, by all means, you can go check it out. But I'm highlighting this less on the person and the company as much as I am on the concept and why it's so important to dig a little bit deeper. The first thing I notice on this is that this article, along the top, it actually says special promotional feature. So what does that tell me? That tells me that this hasn't been written by somebody who is just providing information for the sake of investors trying to grow. There's something else beyond this. Okay, there's another incentive. So that means that I can immediately think to myself, hmm, you know, this person's writing this article. Yes, they are sharing some information. Yes, they are sharing some education. But are they writing it in such a way that's going to lead people to perhaps misinterpret what's being written and think that this is super easy and then choose um, this person, this company to go and actually execute the strategy with? without really digging into more details. Okay, so that's the first thing I'm thinking about. And then I go through and read this process that's been explained here in this article. Again, exponential growth. Um, Such and such explains how pre-construction condos allow for one of the most reliable and profitable strategies for building a real estate portfolio, colon, the multiplier. Okay, so let's get into this. This is a a simplified three-step process explained in the... Uh, special promotional feature, again, in this article in this magazine. So step one, purchase a pre-construction condo. And and this is all about just, you know, getting in the game, right? So the, the article goes on to state, oh, pre-construction condos, uh, pre-construction properties appreciate far faster than any other property type, particularly in cities with rabid rental markets like Toronto, Vancouver, Victoria, and Montreal. By the time your unit is built, it will likely have enjoyed four to six years worth of rapid appreciation. When you take possession of it, you will own an asset that could conceivably be worth 30 to 50% more than what you agreed to pay for it. You could flip it and walk away with a tasty profit, but you'd no longer have a pristine in-demand property. You'd also have to give the government a cut of the action. Why do either of those things? Hmm. Good questions. Very good questions. Again, you could assign that contract and and flip it, assuming the property values have gone up, and uh, yeah, make a make a decent you know gain if that of course is what happens. Or you could move on to step two, which is refinancing the property. And here's where this thing gets pretty interesting. Once you've taken possession of your property, it's time to refinance it at its new appraised value. The funds you will receive will then be used for deposits on one or two other pre-construction units. Beauty of this is twofold. Not only do you get to secure two additional properties with the bank's money, but you also get to defer your capital gains payout to the feds by holding on to your first condo. Okay, if you're an experienced real estate investor, you understand what's happening here. You've got a property that, say, you bought for, I don't know, let's call it $500,000 for sake of uh, simple numbers. 
in three, four years' time, if we use the numbers that have been explained in this uh, in this um, article here, it could be worth thirty to fifty percent more. Okay, and, and we're using a timeline of four to six years. Okay, so let's use conservatively the thirty percent increase. So thirty percent on five hundred thousand dollars. Okay, so this thing's worth six hundred fifty thousand dollars now. And now what this is saying is refinance it at the new value. So what that means is upon construction, you're going to go get an appraised value of, say, $650,000, and you're going to get a mortgage on that property equal to 80% of the new appraised value. So if I pull up my handy-dandy calculator here, I'm going to realize that that's a $520,000 mortgage. Ooh, well, guess what? That's worth more than the original price of the contract, which was $500,000. So you've got a nice $20,000 gain, and you're using that gain. It's all bank money. The bank's money has now literally paid for the entire purchase price of the condo, and it's putting money back into your pocket because you've got to come to the table with that five hundred grand plus closing costs. Ah, interesting. That's not mentioned here. And now you've, in theory, got $20,000 worth of deposits that you can then go use and put onto other condos, which is step three in this whole process, which goes on to say in four or five years when you take possession of your two new units – it's time to repeat the process. Only this time you have three properties to refinance, all of which have appreciated considerably during the construction phase of properties two and three. The money at your disposal this time around will allow you to put down a deposit on three more properties, doubling the size of your portfolio with a few strokes of a pen. Wow, this sounds incredibly easy. That's the multiplier. It really is that easy. Baked in the strategy is the realization that the fastest appreciating units are going to be found in top-notch buildings going up in prime locations. You need to work with a realtor who can help you determine which projects are most likely to fetch you the multiplier's choicest outcomes while also securing your easiest or early access to them. All fair points. And on that note, we will close this up. So if you're thinking to yourself, why wouldn't everybody do this. This just seems so easy. You're going to put a deposit down, wait a few years, and boom, magically the property is going to be worth 30 to 50% more. And you're going to go qualify for that mortgage and get it and pay out the original purchase price and then go do it on another one and three more in another few years. And um, this sounds just so great in principle. And it bothers me to, you know, I don't know, shed poor light on on the way the article is written, um, because I don't think that's really the intent of it. But I do sense an obligation to many investors who would look at this and go, hey, let's go invest in pre-construction condos, because this is just how it works, without recognizing all the things that are not explained in this. Okay, so let's let's keep in mind here that nothing has been explained of closing costs. Okay, so let's assume that that thirty percent increase on on the example we were talking about is in fact a new property valued at six hundred fifty thousand dollars, and you paid five hundred for it. Yes, it's gone up one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in in value. Okay, but you still got to come to the table with the the five hundred thousand dollars. Right, so I'm assuming you put a deposit down, say five percent, right? So you've got twenty five thousand dollars in there. So you need to come up with another four seventy five. So you qualify for that first mortgage, all right? 
and now you've got additional funds. Okay, so let's do some quick math. You got four seventy-five um, of that new mortgage that's coming in. Okay, um, sorry. Let's say this again. You put twenty-five percent down in a pot in a deposit, five percent of the five hundred thousand dollars. Now you're getting a new mortgage at the new appraised value of five hundred twenty thousand dollars. Okay, so. Minus your, uh, you know, your twenty five thousand dollar deposit. Now we're at four ninety five of that mortgage is going directly towards, um, pardon me, four seventy five is going directly towards the purchase of that condo, and you're going to be left over with what five twenty minus four seventy five, so forty five thousand dollars. Okay, you have to pay GST on new build condos. Okay, so that's another 5%. So not talked about, right? So there goes $25,000. You're going to have closing fees. If you're paying and if if this is a property you're buying in British Columbia, there's going to be a property uh, transfer tax as well. So just knowing approximately that's going to come out to around $7,000. Okay, so now we've got $32,000 in closing costs. Now we've got some legal fees. Okay, so call it another $1,500. And what are we up to now? We are up to... $33,500. So you're not going to get much back in reality. You may get like a $10,000 check back to you, which is not going to be enough to make the next deposit onto another condo. You're going to need to have more capital to go do that. Okay. Now, if the market had gone up 50%, ah, maybe different story. Right. But again, we're talking about a 50% increase. Now, we have seen this, but to make the assumption that this is just going to continue would be to ignore the risk of potentially what ended up happening to me or ignoring a change in market conditions or ignoring the timing of when the completion actually came through. And this is where my personal story comes in because I have done this twice. I've done this successfully in 2014. My brother and I, we purchased a pre-construction condo in Surrey. And I had looked at the uh, Surrey development plan for what they were going to do in their downtown core. And I thought, gosh, this is this is a no-brainer. Um, you know, even before even having a, a solid amount of real estate investing education, I just thought this is a great place to be. So we bought a condo there. We paid $330,000 for a two-bedroom place. We knew we were going to have a, a rental property there for the long term. And I said to my brother, I said, Listen, in, in, in four years, we're basically going to be able to pull out $100,000 from this because I think it's going to go up that much. And here's all the reasons why. All the development, the new plaza, the new city hall, um, expansion of the universities, expansion of the SkyTrain lines, all these things. We're pushing it in that direction. Densification of the Surrey core and boom. Yes, 100% it happened. And that's one of the biggest investments that I've made that's returned big that's allowed me to actually do different things in my life. So yes, have executed this well and been on the on the good side of it. Fast forward to uh, 2017. I'm at a real estate investing conference, one of my first ones. Um, I'm in uh, Niagara Falls. And um, this opportunity comes up to do it again. And I'm like, okay, well, it's just further down the road. Now we're in Langley. And for those of you who know the greater Vancouver area, you'll know that Langley is a, I don't know, call it a 10-minute drive to the east, um, further out into the Fraser Valley. And so 
just generally thinking about the ripple effect, thinking about what kind of transportation increases are going to happen over the next, say, 10 years, um, and just trying to put two and two together and be like, okay, well, university expansion's out here. We've got um, increased in infrastructure. It's highly likely that within time, we are going to see the, tra- um, the train line expand out to Langley as population further and further gets pushed out by increasing prices in Vancouver. This seems like a no-brainer. And so I do the same thing again. This time, two-bedroom condo in Langley uh, is three seventy. Okay, so that's the, the the purchase price there in 2017. Fast forward to when this article actually comes out, right? March slash April of 2020. The building is closing, and it's time to uh, you know put your money where your mouth is, as it were, and and actually purchase the condo. Now, I think a lot of people actually had this type of advice. They read an article like this and they thought to themselves, hmm, you know what? Market's hot. Timing's always good. Everything's going up. I'm just going to purchase this pre-development condo back in 2017 at this investor conference, and then I'm going to flip it once the close comes and make a healthy fifty dollars to $70,000 profit. Um, no joke. That's literally what the realtors at the conference were saying. That's exactly what they said. And they sold it that way. Okay. It's not their fault. They get paid by, by making sales and commissions and that's cool. Um, but you know, there was, there was a bit of hype there. And so this happens and now everybody's trying to close their unit during COVID. But most people bought never with the intention of actually closing, they bought with the intention of assigning their contract at a higher value once the closing date came. And now we're in the middle of the start of COVID-19. Everyone's freaking out. Everything's shut down. Nobody can get into the building. Everybody's concerned. And what happens? All these people who wanted to execute the strategy and never had any intention of closing because they couldn't started fire selling their properties. They were selling them for less than what they bought them for simply to not have to close on the property and or lose their deposits and or get sued by the developer because this is all part of your contract you have to close and if you can't then the developer can come after you and sue you for not closing because you signed a contract with them so everything that we're seeing in this article okay when you take possession, I'm going back to the article. When you take possession of it, you will own an asset that could conceivably be worth 30 to 50% more than what you agreed to pay for it. In our example, not true. What ended up happening? Yes, values went up. The, my $370,000 condo at close was probably actually worth around four fifty. dollars In fact, the assessment came in recently and it was valued at four fifty. dollars The problem is, is nobody was going to buy it at that price at that time. So this is a huge risk that's being ignored. And you'd look at the value increase from 370 to 450. What is that? That's like a 20, 25%, 20%. My math could be totally wrong here, but close enough, right? That's a 20% increase. Let's call it over two and a half years at the time. Okay. So over two and a half years, it's not enough to cover the costs of getting the appraisal at the new mortgage and not having to put money in, 
right? There was still going to be money that was required of these investors if they closed, even if they were able to get the appraisals at the higher value. But guess what? They couldn't get the appraisals at the higher value because people were fire selling their properties to other investors slash owners for less than what they paid for. So if you're trying to get an appraisal at 450, but three other units in the property have just sold for 380, good luck. You're screwed. And that is something that is entirely possible. And it impacted a lot of people during that time, myself included. So Reading an article like this and getting hyped up on this idea that you're going to have a property that's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars um, more without thinking about what could possibly go wrong and without having the intent of actually closing it is a problem. And it's not um, good investing. It's speculation and it's a problem. And it's a real big issue when we get to say things like assuming that you're just going to be able to qualify for these monstrous mortgages time and time again. You may be able to qualify for one, right? And I know I'm kind of on a little bit of a rant rambling here, but I just want people to be so aware of what's possible with this. Yes, you can make a good amount of money, but yes, you can also lose your shit. Because if you think that you're going to get three condo deposits and be able to refinance when they come to qualify later. And let's say they've all, they're all $500,000 mortgages and you're making $70,000 a year. I mean, I'm no mortgage broker. You'd have to look into this, but I can assure you what the way that things are in terms of how hard it is to qualify right now, even though interest rates are really low and the amount of money that you have to come up for upfront. If you end up getting in a situation where you can no longer qualify for all these mortgages, Ooh, that's going to be stressful. And you need to understand that that is a real risk with doing this. Because if you cannot close, if you cannot qualify for the mortgages, you are either going to have to assign your contract. And like I just told you, depending on market conditions at that time, you may not be able to do that or you may take a hit. And secondly, it can really, really cause significant amounts of stress and problems because if you're not able to qualify, the developer can go after your deposit. In fact, they'll take it and they may even sue you. In fact, it's highly likely that they will because it's in their interest to do so and they don't want to lose any more money. So some things to be very aware of when it comes to investing in pre-construction condos. You know, I was in a similar boat I left my job during this time. Um, I could not qualify for the mortgages. I was lucky to be in a position where people close to my close to me um, recognized that I was still working hard, that I wanted to make something great happen with my real estate, and honestly, I got bailed out. Right, I, I, I got lucky. I'm one of the lucky people who was able to um, get the private money that I needed to close on properties because without it. I, I would not have been able to close or I would have been in a very similar situation to these other investors who were fire selling their properties and taking hits. And it's just, you know, it, it's such a personal story to me so that when I see stuff like this, I just have to speak openly and honest about it because I don't want it to happen to somebody else whereby they get caught up in the, uh, in the hype and, oh, everything's going to be great and this is all going to be good. And you know what? Yeah, it can. I already told you guys, I made $100,000 in three years just by sitting on my ass and putting a deposit on a pre-construction condo. Yes, 
That was freaking awesome. I can tell you this, the amount of awesome I felt on that versus the amount of terrible I found when things were hitting the fan about a year ago, I felt way worse during the risky times, the scary times than I did with the reward. And so it's very important to weigh those two things. I'm going to just very simply run through um, what just give me one second here. I've just got some notes and I'm just going to leave it at this. Let's go through some of the risks and rewards of investing in pre-construction condos. You've heard my stories. We've heard about this article. Let's go back to some positives. We'll talk about some risks and then I'm going to cap this episode here with my top items that I think you need to be paying attention to. Make sure you really, really um, are paying attention to these items. They're so, so important. And then we'll close the show. Okay, so here's the rewards. The rewards around investing in pre-construction condos. First of all, it can be a minimum deposit structure. So, you know, in the case of being able to put 5% down, if property values do go up during the time of the construction period, and which we have seen, in the urban markets, right? I'm speaking specifically of, you know, the Toronto's and the Victoria's and Vancouver and greater Vancouver areas. It can be a serious return on investment when assigning or as mentioned in this article, actually refinancing. And again, in order to do that, you've got to make sure from the outset that you can actually qualify for those mortgages. Okay. So you can net a pretty serious return on investment, which is awesome. You can also take advantage of appreciating markets, right? This is an opportunity to get in on, on say, those places in, in the greater Vancouver area that are appreciating in, in value. Um, so there's a, there's a good opportunity there as well. The cool thing about most of these properties is that they're in low vacancy rate areas, okay? We're talking densified, urban spots where people want to live, where they want to go to school, where they want to raise their kids. So if you're buying in the right areas – when you actually do take possession of the property, assuming that you do, you're in a great position to find and have your pick of tenants, qualified people to rent a quality unit from you. And that's a that's a benefit. It's a peace of mind thing to have a, a newer property that people really want to live in and, and be in, which leads you into the, you know, the, this is a desirable rental product. You've got a larger pool of tenants who are interested in renting this place. Also, on the other side of that, if you do want to sell or, say, assign the property and market conditions are in a good state, not like they were when I came through with my Langley condo, you're going to have a larger buyer pool of people who are potentially buying in urban centers, right? You're, you're in a more affordable price range than, say, perhaps a single detached home. And so you're going to have more people that could potentially actually buy the unit from you, which is a bonus. And during the construction phase, this is another one, right? When you're actually in that construction phase, so they're actually, you know, building the building, your investment is really out of sight. You know, it's, it's out of sight, it's out of mind. It's a really hands-off type of investing strategy until you actually, you know, need to go and close the building, right? So so you've got this upfront period where you got to do a lot of due diligence. You got to figure out, hey, what the numbers are, what does the deposit structure look like, sign some papers, all that stuff. And then you wait, you wait for, in some cases with these high rises, a number of years. And then you go and close the building later or you assign the building later. So this whole window between actually signing documents to buy the place and actually, you know, moving into it or renting it or, you know, assigning it 
is a is a pretty big gap and so it's it's pretty hands off so those are some of the rewards the risks as i've already mentioned through through some of the stories that i told is you know change in market conditions buyers can become hesitant hesitant at a moment's notice we saw that in in march of last year when an otherwise pretty solid market turned completely quiet and dead and nobody wanted to make a single move so the timing of one year property actually closes could be a benefit, but it can also be something that, in my case, is extremely risky. The second one, of course, is appreciation slows, it flattens, or it falls. So we've seen a lot of people who are no longer, say, desiring living in the central cores of cities. Okay, so Vancouver, um, Toronto, again, a lot of these places that have been dubbed as the places to invest in pre-construction condos, we're seeing more people just within the current state of way things are. This could change, right? Again, this episode, what is this? This is February 2021. This could totally change. But right now, we are seeing more people actually leave the urban centers and take up residence elsewhere. They're putting their money into other places. They're not seeing the benefit of, say, living in a downtown environment. Now, this could change. In a matter of years, could change tomorrow, who knows? But it's something to be aware of. Here's the big risk, and the one that's not mentioned at all in this article that we went through, is you can't qualify for the mortgage. To think that you're going to be able to qualify for the first, and then in four or five years be able to qualify for two more, and then in another couple of years be able to qualify for three more, and all these properties that you have bought have increased in value 30 to 50% every few years. Like getting to six properties at that last stage, let's assume you bought your first one at $500,000 like we had in our early example. And in three years, it's worth six fifty, which means that you're buying the new condo, uh, the next deposit at six fifty, and you're buying two of them at six fifty. Okay, so let's say those ones in three years have both gone up 30%. Well, what's that? I don't even know. Quick math here: sixty-five grand each. Oh man, we're in a math there, man. I, I tried to get out of this from the engineering thing, guys. Uh, One hundred ninety-five thousand dollars more. Okay, so when those things are built in three years' time, now you've got three condos that are worth eight hundred ninety-five thousand dollars each, and you're going to go qualify for two more mortgages on those. Okay, so now what we've got here, we've got another $700,000 in mortgages each on your two new condos. So now we've got $1.4 million worth of new mortgages that you have to qualify for, both at the same time. Okay, I know a lot of people who can qualify for that. Jokes, not really. And then we're going to do it again in three more years with 30% more increases on top of $895,000 valued condos? Are you kidding? How many people can qualify for those mortgages? If you like, really, you're going to get to the end of this ride in, in, you know, let's call it a six years. Okay. Just to be, just to be conservative with the friggin' example here, as you can tell, I'm, I'm getting pretty fired up. You're going to get to the end of year six. You've got six condos and we've got three more condos that we've got to, um, refinance. Okay. So again, we're taking this example. And we're going to plug it into the trusty calculator. We started off with three new condos, new deposits at $895,000. And I'm going to times that by 30%. Do 
just as this example has said. So now we've got three more condos, each one worth $1.163 million. So I'm going to times that by three. So we've got almost $3.5 million of new condos that you are supposed to refinance and qualify for. Guess how much? $2.79 million worth of mortgages. And that's on top of the existing 1.4 that you got earlier. Okay, so let's just tack that on. I know you've paid a little bit down. So we've got $4.1 million worth of mortgages that you're carrying, okay? And then we're going to go back to your original mortgage, which was $520,000. Let's call it five hundred dollars for short. So boom, you've got $4.7 million worth of mortgages that you're carrying and holding personally on condos and markets that are going to, at best, marginally cash flow. Hmm, something seems wrong about this picture. Mortgage brokers, give me a shout if you think I'm nuts, if you think I'm crazy, or if you think this is actually real. How many people are going to be qualifying for $4.7 million worth of real estate? Pardon me, holding 4.7, qualifying for a new amount of $2.7 million on their... 70 to $100,000 a year average incomes. Not many. Not many. If any. Because those numbers just don't add up. So, sorry to this article, but it's crazy unless you're making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and your uh, cash flow is good. So, okay. More risks. Unanticipated fees. We talked about some of them, right? When you buy a new con- when you buy a new condo, you pay GST. In BC, you're paying property transfer tax. Um, there could be developer charges as well. These things can literally add up to tens of thousands of dollars. They are, in fact, not usually talked about at the outset of the purchase. So I'm letting you know now those things come in. What about construction delays? Let's say the project's supposed to take three years to close and it actually takes six. Well, your money's just being held there. So the longer it takes, the lower the return on investment and less property values really skyrocket. What about product not built to spec? We see this happen. I actually know a couple that uh, is suing a developer for not developing the product that they said they purchased. They said they were going to build a two-bedroom unit. They basically built a one-bedroom plus den. It's not to spec. So why, why should you be paying for that unit if it's not actually what they built? or if it's not actually what they sold you, right? So something to think about there as well, because this does happen. Specs change. People, you know, developers will change the size of um, of rooms, and maybe the closet that you thought was supposed to be there is no longer there. And these are things that, that can happen. Mentioned this already before, your money's tied up, and um, also what happens if the project stalls in construction before it even starts. Um, there's a project in Regina that was dubbed as uh, it was going to be a new hotel, um, new uh, residential condo unit as well. Uh, it was called Capital, and it was just a giant hole in the ground. And I recently went to Regina, and guess what? The hole's filled. That land is for sale. And a lot of people had construction, pre-construction deposits tied up in that um, project And they are, I would assume, just not getting their money back ever because the project never got off the ground, literally. In fact, it only got into the ground as a giant hole. So 
Yeah, those are those are the risks. Ugh, those are the risks as I slur my R's. Guys and girls, you can tell this is a subject to me that uh, I care about because I would hate to see people wanting to think that they're taking the easy route and that this is just such an easy thing to do and it's all going to work out. And you know it can, right? And and I've been on the positive side of this, but I've also been on the bad side of this. Um I'm obviously really, you know, one-sided towards this particular article that I've seen because it just glosses over everything that I have not glossed over in this episode, which as I look at my timer is nearing 40 minutes. And I hope that you feel why this stuff matters and why it's so important to know what's going on and if you don't know what's going on talk to somebody who does you know we're we're here this is what we do our email right info at revenue.com you can find us online you can find a number of people who are going to have your best interests in mind in helping you make the right decisions or at least be comfortable with the decisions that you're going to make and recognize what are the risks and what are the rewards okay last thing here. If you are going to purchase or if you're going to invest in a pre-construction condo, it is so, so, so important that you protect yourself by doing these few things. First, purchase with the intention of closing on the property. And I put in brackets and make sure you actually can. You should be going into this investment thinking and intending that you are going to buy the property and have it in your long-term portfolio. The reason being is if all else goes wrong, like it did for me, you need to be able to close so that you can actually run the property, stem any losses, hold it for a little bit of time, and then if the time is right, sell it later. If your intention from day one is to go in and assign the contract and you have no intention of closing and you haven't even looked at whether or not you actually can close, that is a poor choice. Don't do that. Make sure you can close. Make sure you're intending a purchasing. That goes into the next point. Number two is to purchase in a good area. If you don't have an intention of closing, why are you purchasing that building to begin with? Why are you purchasing that unit? If you want to close and your intention is to close, then you're going to do more due diligence. You're going to pay a little bit more attention to actually making sure that the purchase is in a good area, that it makes sense for you, that the numbers at least line up for the goals that you're trying to achieve as an investor. So you can protect yourself by purchasing in a good area so that, yeah, if market conditions change, at least you're still holding on to a good asset that's going to be of interest to other people if you want to sell it in the future, or it's going to be interest to renters, the types of tenants that you want to have actually living there. Okay. The third thing to protect yourself is to just not get involved in the hype. This is easier said than done because it's cool to look at the glossy pamphlet. It's awesome to hear about the transportation reports. It's so it's it's fun to get caught up in the excitement of this is all going to turn out so fascinating. It's going to be great. Look at these three past examples. These guys bought in on the last building and they all made $100,000 by assigning their contracts. Great. Good for them. It's possible. It's not guaranteed. I love investor-focused realtors. 
They've helped me make a good amount of money. They helped me make many investors money. They are more than worth the dollar that you pay them in commissions. But they also sell and get paid on commissions. So it's not them that's going to bite the bullet if something goes wrong on your clothes. It's not their fault. You bought. You have the contract, not them. And whether the deal goes good or the deal goes bad, they're still getting paid because they're on commission. So just recognize that they are incentivized to sell you a home, to sell you an investment. Yes, they are probably looking out for your best interests, but their best interests is more aligned with you actually transacting in real estate. Okay? And that's just the reality. Because they're not the ones who are actually going to own title. You are. So don't get caught up in the hype. Work with your trusted investor-focused realtors. Recognize that they also make mistakes. Recognize that they can't predict three years in a row what the actual market conditions are going to be. And they shouldn't be held responsible for your decision at the end of the day. Because it's your decision. And if you follow these three things, you're going to be in a better position to invest with the right mindset, with the right intentions, and hopefully with the right results in pre-construction condos. That's all for this episode. We talked about investing in pre-construction condos. If you have questions, if you've got things that you want to chat about when it comes to real estate investing, you want to learn more, you want to educate yourself further, get a grip on understanding the real risks and rewards of profitable real estate investing, let us know. Send us an email, info at revenue.com. That's info at R-E-V-N-Y-O-U.com. You can check us out online at www.revenue.com. On YouTube, Revenue with Real Estate as well. We've got tons of videos, tons of information there. Or you can keep following the podcast. We do this on a weekly basis. We've been doing a lot more of these uh, information sessions, a little bit more of you know just me talking here and sharing some of the stories, sharing some of the strategies that I've been privy to and have worked for me, and also just sharing with you, of course, openly and honestly, what the risks are and how you can help mitigate them because it's a very important part of your real estate investing journey. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Doug Myers here with the Revenue with Real Estate team. We will see you again next week for another episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Revenue with Real Estate podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Just a couple of more things before you take off. If you want to learn more about Revenue, you can check us out at Revenue.com. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. On YouTube at Revenue with Real Estate, Facebook Revenue with Real Estate, or on Instagram at Revenue Canada. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, or anything that you want to share with us here at the show, please send us an email to info at revenue.com. Revenue with Real Estate, helping you understand the real risks and rewards of profitable real estate investing so that you can lead a life that you love. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to welcoming you to the Revenue with Real Estate community.